This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. We're beginning a new series of lessons today that I, I think will be a great blessing to, a, to our class. And uh, these lessons come from a book that's written by Jay Adams, or based on his book, entitled um, Wrinkled But Not Ruined. That's the name of his book. And the, the first chapter in that book is entitled, What is Aging? The, uh, the handout that you had, did everybody get a handout? Anybody need the handout? Okay. The handout that you're getting and the email that I sent out, you, you got it by email as well as if, if, you're, if you have an email address. I've sent you the entire manuscript of, of, my, of my notes, what I have here, except yours has a few fill-in-blanks on it. Uh, and the reason I did that is because I think this information, this material, uh, will be such a blessing to you, uh, to us, that I wanted you to have the whole manuscript. And I trust that you'll fill in the blanks and keep it for future reference. And uh, a lot of this information, in fact, probably most of this information comes from J. J. Adams' book, um, <clears throat> uh, which was published, it seems like, well, I got it right here, in 1999, so it was written some time ago, but it's, uh, it's timeless, and uh, the material is wonderful. So I, I hope it'll be a great blessing to you as we study it together. I'll give you a heads up, if you've already read through this, you'll know that much of what I say today is, can be depressing. At least it's gloomy. And I hope it's not depressing. Because what I give you today is only introductory to what we're gonna cover uh, in the Sundays to come, in the weeks to come. Because uh, the best is yet to come. And I could give you that illustration that you've heard several times about the person being buried with a fork in their hand. Uh, and you know all that, so I'm not going to go over that. But, um, but I hope, my, my uh, blessing, the, uh, the lessons that, uh, that the rest of the classes are teaching at this time, I took one, I took one look at it. It's, uh, the series is entitled The Theology of Work. And I took one look at it and I said, my class is gonna be bored to death with this because we're all retirees. <laughs> we retired from work. And uh, so I began to pray and ask God, uh, Lord, what, what can I teach? What can I give our class that will be refreshing, will be helpful, and uh, that we will enjoy? And I think you will enjoy these lessons. And so <clears throat> there was a book on my desk that I had been reading, and I thought, that'll be a good one. So I picked it up and I started uh, reading through it again and preparing some lessons from it, and Jan came up, and we had talked at, about this at the breakfast table that morning, and Jan came up to my office with Jay Adams' book in her hand. She said, why don't you teach this? And she threw it on my desk and said, well, I've already started this other one. And uh, so she went downstairs. And so I picked the book up and started looking at it, started reading. I thought, this is exactly what we need. And so uh, I think God led her to lead me 
to bring these lessons to you. So I, I hope you will um, be blessed. Open your Bibles as a starter, and look, let's look at a couple passages uh, in, in the Psalms uh, that we can get started with here that I think may be enlightening to us as well. Uh, Psalm 71. This is a Psalm of David, and uh, verses 17 and 18 says this. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared, have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. What a powerful verse that is. God, you've taught me since I was just a kid, from my youth. And I've tried my best, Lord, to exemplify you. This is basically what David is saying here. I've tried my best to exemplify you in my life. Help me to be a guide to this generation. We are in a unique position at our age to be a blessing to those who've come behind us. And sometimes we miss that opportunity. We, uh, we stumble past that truth. And I hope this series of lessons will help us in that area as we study that, to realize that the very fact that we're still breathing. When we got up this morning, we were alive. And here we are. The very fact, however old you may be, and I'm going to use that term old, older, oldish, and so forth a lot. My, my wife prefers the term mature. But I call them like I see them, and some of you folks look old to me. <laughs> so I'm going to use that terminology, okay? Now I interrupted my thought, and what was, I, what was the point I was making? <laughs> that happens too when you get old, and you know it. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Here we are, old, and I, I lost my train of thought. Well, maybe you'll come back. Let's go back over to Psalm 91 and look at a couple verses in Psalm 91, and then we'll get down to the nitty-gritty here. In Psalm 91, beginning at verse 14, God is speaking here to the psalmist. He says this, because he has set his love upon me, because you, he's talking to the psalmist, because you have set your love upon me, he says, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And here's this verse. This verse captured my attention several years ago. It says, with long life will I satisfy him, and show him my salvation. Well, we've been saved. At least I trust everyone in here has been born again. You've come to a knowledge of Christ. We've been saved. Many of us have been saved for many, many years. And, uh, but God says, he'll prom he, God promises us that he'll give us long life, and that long life will satisfy us, and it'll show us my salvation. Well, what does he mean by that? It'll show us my salvation when we're already saved. David, at this point, when, when, uh, da, when God, um, um, well, I'm not sure David wrote this psalm. The psalm before it was a prayer of Moses. 
But whoever the psalmist was, whoever wrote this particular psalm, um, probably had been saved for many years uh, using the terminology that we see in the New Testament. And but God says, um, God says, I will show you my salvation. What's he mean by that? Well, similar to, to what uh, Paul says when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say get saved by working and fearing and trembling. But he says, work out what you have. You're saved, so work it out. And, um, and then another verse that we find in the New Testament is, um, um, just call me Joe Biden, okay? Oh, yes. <laughs> huh? I forgot what I was going to, the verse I was going to quote. That's, why, that's a process of getting old, folks. I don't have it written down, so, so um, that's the price I pay for not writing it down. Uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trouble. Oh, our redemption, draw, uh, our redemption is closer than the day we were. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to think of. Let's move along here, okay? Let's read what I've written. <clears throat> you know, I used to be able to go into the pulpit with three points in a poem and wax eloquent for three hours. <laughs> Those days are way behind me, you know. All right. The title of the lesson is, What is Aging? That question has been asked a lot of, a lot of times and has answered, been answered in a lot of ways. Uh, you may, for instance, think that aging is a physical deterioration alone. And um, a lot of people think that way. Or you may take the broader view, and this is the view that we're going to take here in our series of lessons, is that, um, that it's, a, it's a process of loss. Has anybody lost anything? Uh, well, we're going to go over some things that we've lost in this lesson today. And as I said, it may sound a little discouraging to you, but don't get depressed by it. Because this is the process that God has chosen for all of us. All of us are on this path. And this is the process that God has chosen for us to be able to enjoy something better that's coming. And so these elements of the loss are the result of the fall and the resulting curse that happened in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, ate that forbidden fruit, God put a curse upon them. And then we read in the New Testament that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so as a result of the fall of man in the Garden, you and I are experiencing what we're experiencing right now. Every pain that you feel when you get out of bed in the morning. I don't know about you, but it takes me a couple several seconds to straighten up when I get out of bed. It takes me longer to bend over and pick up something off the floor now. And um, I, I live with constant pain in one place or another in my body. I live with that. But it's all because of the fall. It all goes back to our first parents, Adam and Eve. And that's the reason why we're going through this process that we're going through now. And this is, this, is the, this is the crux of the first part of this lesson today, that what we are experiencing 
is the result of what took place about 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden. The fall of man fell into sin. All right. Aging is clearly a matter of man's state of mortality. God warned Adam the day that he would eat the fruit of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would die. He would surely die. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. He died. And, um, and those verses are found in Genesis chapter 2. They're written there. You can read those verses for yourself. Spiritually speaking, when God said, Adam, you'll die, and when he did eat of the fruit of that tree, and Eve also, who enticed him to eat, they died. And uh, spiritually speaking, uh, they died immediately. Adam did die in the sense that he was, he was separated from God, and that's what spiritual death is, separation from God in body and spirit. He also began the press, process of dying physically, the separation of the body from the spirit. And ultimately, as long as mankind falls, uh, fails to trust Christ as Savior, he is spiritually dead already and, uh, and will be for the rest of eternity. It takes a new birth to be born again. Only through the new birth will we have life in Christ and eternal fellowship with God. But at physical death, everybody, uh, our body and our spirit will be separated from God forever unless we have a new birth, unless we're born again. Death came with the fall of man into sin as part of the curse and as part of the curse. Aging as loss, it began then and there in the Garden of Eden. So we can blame Adam and Eve for every ache and pain. When you get out of bed this morning, in the morning and you have to go like this, say, Adam, why? Why'd you do this to me? You know, put the blame where it is. All right? That brings us to Roman numeral number one. Aging is the process of decaying. Uh, go ahead and put up the next uh, slide, Mary Lynn. There we have the verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. In this verse, Paul here is speaking of aging as decaying. And he calls it this present uh, aging body. He calls it the body, uh, the, the humiliation of the body in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 21. So the word perish in this verse, for which cause, he says, we faint not, for though the outward man, that is our body, though it perish or decays, yet the inward man, the spirit, is renewed day by day. That word perish is a Greek word which literally means to be consumed. It's consumed of bodily vigor and strength. Have you experienced that? Of course you have. Um, none of us in this class today are as strong as we used to be. And... Um, my wife used to bring uh, pickle bottles to me and say, can you open this for me? You know, and i go, <laughs> now i go, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe get it. I just ordered a thing that we can put up underneath the counter that you can slip the jar in and go like that, you know. It hadn't come yet. I don't know if it'll work or not. It's one of those things that... You don't buy in the store, you order it online. I hope it works, you know. 
that in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, it says this, who shall, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body? See, that's what's going to happen to us. We're going to become like his glorious body, but currently our body is a vile body, and that word vile means this, lowly, of low estate, humiliated, humiliation. And so through the fall, we experienced a great humiliation. And there, in his Greek-English lexicon, uh, says it means spiritual abasement. Abasement, not debasement leading one to perceive, and, uh, to, to perceive and lament his moral littleness and guilt. Man lost his original state and perfection and his communication with God. There's no doubt that the deterioration of the physical body itself, being a humiliation to man who was once wants to have domination over the earth, but lost it. We lost that domination in the fall. Has facets that extend far beyond the fact that the, the fact that physical eliminations usually come with age. It also uh, it is also the effect of the effect of of these limitations, pains, diseases upon the person who, after Adam's sin are suffering the humiliation, the humiliating punishment of the fall. You know, we, if we would just stop and think sometime, and we're going to be digging into this just a little bit here this morning, but if we would stop and think for a moment exactly the consequent, what the consequences of that fall in the garden brought upon us, it really is a humiliating thing when you, when you stop to realize that God created man as a perfect being in, the, in, in his perfect place, the Garden of Eden. And by the way, I believe, you know, the Bible says that the eternal state is the new earth. I believe that heaven in its final state will be right here on this earth. Um, Randy Alcorn in his book, Heaven, uh, uh, makes it makes it pretty makes a pretty clear statement of the fact that that if you if you can think of of Earth as it is now without sin, of course we can't comprehend that. But you take the element of sin out of what we're living in now, that's what heaven's going to be, because the final state will be here on the new Earth, and the new Jerusalem will come down. Will be the place where God dwells and so on. We're not going to get into that much, but, <clears throat> but uh, I am going to refer to Randy Alcorn's book some through, throughout this study, some things in that. But, uh, but it's very humiliating. When you stop to think what we lost in the fall, and if you can go back and just imagine the paradise that Adam and Eve lived in before they fell, and realize that that's what we're, that's what we're going to live in, in eternity. Um, it'll help make these aches and pains that we experience uh, more tolerable. And that really is the, the, the driving force behind these series of lessons today. So anyway, the greatest loss of all was their communication with God, Adam and Eve, and the fact that they had the privilege of walking in the cool of the day with God. 
That brings us to Roman numeral two. Aging is the process of losses. Now go with me please to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Here we can see just a little glimmer of some of the losses that we have experienced through the fall. Uh, begin reading with me, if you will, at verse 22. Uh, Paul says to the church at Rome, he says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, that is not only the creation, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. Thank God these bodies are going to be redeemed someday. There's going to be a resurrection. We'll have different bodies. They'll be resurrected bodies. Uh, they'll appear pretty much as they do now. But, the, but we wait for that. And uh, we are saved by hope. We have that hope in Christ. And so we have lost considerable. Sin's curse led us to these huge losses that we experience. It, um, um, it brought with it frustration and bondage, verses 20 through 21 here in Romans 8. And there are consequences, which is suffering and groaning, as we read in verse 18, verse 23 also. Um, and these losses are often made worse by the losses of old age. And we have those losses. It's kind of interesting, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Solomon here speaks of the experience of the physical loss as troubling days and years when people say things like this. I don't enjoy them. You ever said that? You probably have. I don't enjoy this sickness. I don't enjoy this COVID. I don't enjoy this backache. I don't enjoy this broken bone. Yeah, none of us really do. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. It's on the screen. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Um, Gene and I were talking just before class time about this very verse. And God's admonition is, remember your creator, creator while you're still young. He says, don't wait. The rest of the verse says, don't wait while the evil days, the troubled days come. Don't wait for them to come. Uh, reading it in the King James language is, it says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, that is the latter years. Don't wait until you get old to trust God, to love your creator, he says. Uh, when you get old, uh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I have no pleasure in these troubled times. Don't wait until those times come. Now, I'm, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm, preaching this to the wrong crowd. I need to be up in the teen room saying this. But you can say it to them, okay? Trust God now. Enjoy the pleasures of life that he gives you now because there's gonna come times in your life later on when you're, when you're gonna say, you know, I, I don't really enjoy this. I don't enjoy these troubled times. But we have to endure them because God puts us through those times. 
and, uh, and the reason is because of the fall. All in all, there, uh, there is a gloomy outlook that pervades most conversations about old age. But is that all there is? Thank God it's not. Are there no compensations for old age? Is the believer to look at age, at aging as an unbeliever does? The answer to these questions is both yes and no, and here is why. Uh, we clarified. The believer is not to close his eyes to suffering and pain. We have it, it's a reality. We're not to close our eyes to it. Go to the doctor, uh, take Tylenol, whatever it does, whatever you have on hand, you know, to help you out there a little bit. Um, um, uh, we're not to minimize or, or minimize or rejoice over the effects of the curse. We're not among the Christian science cultists who deny the reality of sin, sickness, and death. We recognize with Paul that the body has been humbled so severely by the curse that man who was to totally uh, the man that excuse me. Uh, by the curse that man who was told by God to rule the earth is now buried in it. Think of that. We were supposed to rule over this earth. But then the curse came, and now we get buried in it. How about that? Ever thought of that? We must be realistic, but in Christ, we're able to triumph over these factors. So, let, so let's pursue the idea that, that uh, fundamentally aging is the process of loss. Let's consider some of these losses. Age frequently leads to the loss of strength and health. For many, this is a large issue in old age, uh, e even if it, if, if it hasn't become a reality to you yet. Paul used the term decay in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's a strong term. We usually think of decay as something that occurs after death. But Paul spells it out for somewhat else, for some, in some different way. He declares that the older person is already decaying. Think of that. We're already decaying. There's, a, there's, no, there, there's no disguising that fact. The Bible says, it says it like it is. You may not like to think of the living body, of something that is in a state of decay, but the fact, the fact, but the fact that, excuse me, but it is a fact that becomes more and more apparent in old age. Old age is when that decay may lead to operations, organ failures, or medical problems, joint replacement, and so forth. Some of you have experienced all that already, haven't you? It emphasizes some of these things that youth in middle age ignore. But the reality of decay comes thundering to our ears when the doctor says whether you're old or young. The tests show that you have an inoperable cancer. I would suppose that you have less than a year to live. That's thundering news to anybody. Some of you have heard that news. We have some cancer, society, cancer um, survivals sitting in our midst. There's one right here. And there's some others of you that have survived cancer. You've had cancer operations and so forth. But I can tell you, <clears throat> not from experience, because I've not had that experience, but I can well imagine that when the doctor said something to you about you've got cancer, it was very devastating, wasn't it, Elva? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's scary. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
These consequences of the fall may be a challenge sometimes to our wedding vows that we took many years ago through sickness and through health. I'm going to talk about the loss of a spouse here in just a few minutes. But even at that, our spouses sometimes become ill. Dementia, even Alzheimer's, and some of those other diseases that come with old age. And you know, that's a challenge sometimes to our wedding vows, isn't it? And I thank God that I've not had to experience that. But there are some of you that have and are. And my heart goes out to you. And, uh, and uh, we, just have to, we just have to trust God and say, well, God, this is all part of your plan. And though my spouse is going through this in life, I need to be patient. And uh, for some of those of you who I, I know that are having this difficult difficulty, I pray for you that God will give you patience and understand how he is working and, and what he's doing. So the first loss we come to here, letter A, the loss of health. Aging with the loss of health may include frailty, feebleness, clumsiness, loss of muscular power, loss of skills or abilities. It may lead to, to fatigue, bad decision making. Uh, one may, may more readily fall and injure himself he may find that bones crack more easily, and he will discover that the healing process is a lot slower. Uh, there are innumerable aches and pains, a new one every day. These are, uh, these are intrusive and may keep you awake at night sometimes. Diseases seem to have a, a more severe effect. New complications may arise. An older person is more likely to be subject to stroke or heart attack, threats of cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, uh, which loom just over the horizon may plague you. One may become incontinent, and he may be embarrassed by the odor that accompany that problem, as well as the inconvenience of it. Uh, the part of the brain that controls sleep may be hit hard by old age and he may find himself sleeping less at night uh, because, of, uh, be, because of insufficient production, production of melanomin. Uh, he may also find that his body will not tolerate this. He may be taking more, nap, more cat naps during the day. He may find himself falling asleep in a chair while reading or in church or in Sunday school class. Hearing, sight, and taste buds may be devastated by aging. Speaking of decay, think of this. We're told that hearing begins to deteriorate at age 10. The result? Oh, at age 10, yeah. And at age 30, a person averages 245 taste buds. At 75, that decreases to about 88 taste buds. Have you experienced a change in your, uh, your liking of various foods? Wonder why. The result of food may lose, lose its attraction, resulting in poor nutri nutrition. Uh, clearly, the picture is not pretty. It's not a pretty one. The body has been humbled by the fall, by the fall of man and the consequent curse. 
And then that brings us to the loss of stamina. Letter B. Aging usually is accompanied with a loss of stamina. As I say, uh, your get up and go got up and gone. Your get up and go has got, got up and gone. I've heard that many, many times. Uh, in fact, I've even said it. You simply can't accomplish as much in one day. There may be a weakening of the body's system, and the entire system usually works less efficiently. Aches and pains, as well as disabilities, slow you down. There's a loss of alertness. One's reaction time may be off. Sexual desire will wane. Driving may become dangerous. Weariness, uh, the temptation to give up, especially if you've retired from an active job. The lack of desire to complete projects or even undertake a project in the first place uh, may, come, may come upon you more and more as you age. You can be heard saying such things as this. I've done my part in the church for the last 30 years. Let the young bucks take over. And of course, there is some truth to that. But let's remember something that I said earlier on. The very fact that we're still alive, we got up that way this morning, means that God still has something for us to do in his plan. Never forget that. I don't care how old you get. Keep in mind that God still has something for you to do for him. Okay? Letter C, a loss of compassion, uh, companions and friends. The most serious of these losses may be the, losses, the loss of one's spouse. Um, when I got the series of lessons to teach that uh, came down from uh, the office, and I took a look at it, my first thought was, this will not relate to our people because most of us are retired. And uh, so I, I, I thought, you know what? Uh, and and there, are, there are several of you sitting here today that you've lost a spouse. Again, I, I, can't, I can't empathize with you because I've experienced that. But my, my heart is heavy for you for what you're going through and having lost your loved one, your spouse, your life's companion. And uh, Malachi says something, says something very sweet here. In Malachi chapter 2 and verse 14, he speaks of the wife of thy youth as thy companion and thy wife as thy, uh, the wife of thy covenant. And you might readily speak of her as the loss or him, whichever the case may be, as the loss of the companion of my old age. And uh, some of you, I have had the sad occurrence of, of helping you bury your husband or your wife. And I must tell you this, and, and there's, there's another area that I'm gonna say the same thing about here as we get, as we get on, if I have time, that uh, I weep, I wept with you Terry, I wept when, 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 uh, uh, when Pete died. Uh, I wept with you. Maybe not in your presence. But when I was preparing uh, the message for his funeral, um, I was weeping. And um, I, I can't imagine 
having a companion that you've lived with for 30, 40, 50, some of you 60, some years, and then they're gone. But you know, that's the process that we go through and the experience that many of us have. But it's the process that we have to live with. Dot, I know that's hard for you. You and Bill were close companions. And I, and I know it's a very difficult thing to experience. Elva, I've, I've talked with you several times about that experience. And uh, the companion of life. You know, according to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, companionship is one of the fundamental reasons for marriage. Companionship. We love it. Um, and this is shattered by death. And without question, uh, the greater the companionship prior to death, the greater the loss at death, always. Death also may mean moving away from friends and relatives and loved ones. It's very hard to make new friends. The older we grow, the harder it becomes because there just aren't as many people our age around anymore. I thank God for what we do here in our sunshine class, the triple L. Our sunshine class has taken a good hand at, going, at, at doing something about this problem with, with our, with our, in our times and our, with our times of fellowship. I thank God for Bob. Bob, what you do is a ministry. It's not just a, it's not just a thing that uh, you do, but it's a ministry. And we appreciate what you do. We appreciate your ministry. And uh, if, if you get to the place where you can't do that anymore, I don't know who in this class is going to take up the mantle, but somebody needs to. Because we need those times of fellowship, times we get together for, uh, uh, and, and bring our chili together, you know, and mix it, and, and then mix together at these times of fellowship. We need that. These trips that, that uh, we take, I know Jan and I don't go on a lot of those trips. We go on some of them. But uh, they're needed. And it's, a, it's good for our class. It's good for our age. You see, friendships are not built, relationships are not built, as many young people seem to think they are. They grow, particularly as people do things together. And when people are older, older, there's less time to do, there's less time for them to grow. There's less people with whom to grow. There's less, there's less that people find in common to do. And so I think we need to cherish the opportunities that we have friendship and companionship with each other during these days. That brings us to the next loss, letter D, the loss of independence. The loss of independence is a major problem. Even small, minor maintenance chores, like replacing a light bulb in the ceiling, repairing a leak in the roof, fixing the garbage disposal, doing all the other little things around the house, fixing a hinge on a cabinet. They become more difficulty, difficulty, and sometimes you kind of feel a little foolish asking somebody to help you, uh, which may not always be immediately available, help that is. Freedom to control your environment may be slipping away. You may be confined with, to a wheelchair. Transportation to the grocery store may not be an immediate, immediately available. Driving uh, may be uh, may be limited or even eliminated altogether. 
because of hearing loss, and I've experienced this, because of hearing loss, there may not be many fruitful telephone calls as before. There's only actually one telephone in our house that I can understand what people are saying to me. That's the reason why sometimes if you call and I answer the phone and I'm not at the phone where I can hear you, I may say, well, I'm going to give the phone to Jan or, or let me go to a different phone. Um, and my hearing loss is getting worse. Uh, you may wonder, well, how can you operate? I run the audio up there most of the time. Well, I wear a set of headphones, and when I, when I got the headphones on, I'm fine. I can hear well with my head, the head, those headphones on. In fact, when I watch television, I watch television with a set of headphones on. Glenn Gordon was the one that introduced me to that, and it was a big help to be able to do that. But I don't like talking on the telephone anymore. And uh, my cell phone, if I talk to you on my cell phone, I'll put, put you on speakerphone because I can hear the speakerphone a lot better than I can putting the thing up to my ear. And so that's become a problem. That's become a problem. I've lost my independence there somewhat. And, um, and, and, and some of you are experiencing the same thing. Sometimes I talk to Jim Earls and I know he's not hearing a single thing I say. Some may become a burden to the family, or others may be seriously troubled by that fact. And indeed, they may become a financial burden to the family. Letter E is the loss of a job. The loss of a job may be devastating. Bear Bryant said when he stopped coaching, he would die, and he did. God created us to work. The loss of that which we have learned to do May be, taken, may, may be taken very hard. Um, change may come hard. So some may end up doing little or nothing except watching television. We now have time on our hands, productivity, uh, the retirement issue, and the, and the related matters are of a great, great importance to us. Many of us have struggled with these issues. I could take some time here, and I'm not going to, but just, just briefly say this. I struggled with retirement. Uh, as you know, I, I retired. I, I was 70, how old was I? 74 years old, I think, when I retired from the pastorate. Whatever it was. I don't know. It seemed like an eternity ago now, but <clears throat> I struggled with that. I had a real struggle with that. And it took God almost speaking audibly to me, saying, okay, Coles, it's time for you to hang it up. And I want to tell you, it was that clear to me. When God said, this is the end, you need to let, you need to let somebody else do it, it was so clear to me, I couldn't say no. But it had to be clear enough to me. I made a promise to God. When I was about 68, 69 years old, I made a promise to God that I was not going to continue pastoring, become an old man, and let the church fall apart around me. I've seen that happen, folks. Why? Because there are other pastors that struggle with the same thing I struggled with. And they just hang in there, hang in there, and they lose their effectiveness, and the church begins to fall apart. I've seen that happen too much. And when, after seeing that, I promised God that I wasn't going to let that happen here. And so God hit me in the head with a baseball bat. The lumps are still there. 
and said, okay, Coles, it's time for you to quit. And it was so clear to me, Pastor Asher and I were together at that time. Uh, we were over at the Cracker Barrel and we were talking about him coming on the staff as associate pastor. And actually it was him that said something to me that God said, okay, buddy, that's me speaking to you. Now, Pastor Asher isn't God, but he used him as a vehicle to help me with this situation. And that's the way it happened. And uh, so I struggled with it. And people struggle, struggle with that. There's a loss of finances, letter E, F rather. The loss of finances, fan, finances may cripple the older person's activities. Usually, finances are reduced. There's the uncertainty about the economic health issues that may reduce them even more. For example, the fear of catastrophic illness uh, that could wipe out a retiree's savings has seriously impacted many. And if not catastrophic, chronic illness may drain finances just as fast. There may be a loss of one's home. Bills for medication pile up. And, uh, and if the medications are not generic, the costs sometimes are, are, are astronomical. And some, some have experienced that. And then finally, there's the loss of life. Um, death. Death is imminent. It's certain. And each one of us may begin to realize that there's not much of a future left for us here on earth. Um, this week, on Tuesday, a few days, I'll be 84 years old. My dad died when he was 88 years old. And so if I die at the same time my dad did, that means I've got about four years left. And uh, I don't know how much more time God's going to give me. Jerry, how are, you're in your 90s, aren't you? Close to it? Huh? 89? You're 89. Yeah. Next August, yeah. And you see, uh, I, and Ron, Ron, you're 90. 91? 90, you're 90. You're older than dirt. And <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, let's face it. We don't have much time here. And that really, that makes me happy in a sense. And, uh, but, uh, but we don't have much time here. And, and so we just don't have a whole lot of future left ahead of us, right? You all agree with that. Now some may become preoccupied with the thought of death and yet may, may not even know how to prepare for it. We may fear for our loved ones and that's my biggest fear. And, and Jan and I have talked about this. Uh, the ones we have to leave behind our children and our grandchildren. That's our, that's our biggest concern, you know? And so all these and several more that you could add are losses with which God must, with, 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 what's, with which we must reckon as we grow older. We've got to reckon with this stuff. This is one reason why I'm anxious to teach this lesson because we've got to face reality, folks. We're getting old. Say it with me. We're getting old. Some of you are kind of hesitant to say that. <laughs> well, you don't have to say it, I'll say it for you, okay? You're getting old. 
Uh, I'm kidding with you. But I'm being realistic with you, okay? So anyway, things just come, don't they? All of them. Um, so, some of these things we bring on ourselves. Others, we have no say in them. They just come. And all of them, in one way or another, at one time or another, if we live long enough, every person has to grapple with these things. But we must do it, and, and, and we must do it at a time when some of us have lost our physical agility. And in some cases, even maybe our um, mental ability. And so the dilemma, there's the lemma, dilemma of old age. Now, the first sentence in the, in the conclusion here is, Adam, why did you do this to us? <laughs> but, on the other hand, which, uh, which one of us would have done any better? Okay? Yet, though Adam sinned, no credit to him, there has, something has come with that more than suffering. God has brought us redemption in Jesus Christ as a result of that. And that's not all. Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, uh, we have been lifted to an even higher position than mankind expected, uh, ever expected before the fall. In Christ, we've been exalted to the throne of God at the Father's right hand. We're in Christ, right? Where's Jesus? Now, where is he? Say it. Seated at the right hand of God. God has exalted us there, okay, in Him. This and other important factors uh, must be kept in mind as Christians age and consider death. For us, age means not only the loss, but also gain, great gain. And that's our major interest and in, in concern in these lessons. This lesson today has been very gloomy, but I hope it's not been depressing. It's been uh, presented, it has presented a very real, realistic pic picture of who we are, who we are now, and um, now that we're aging, but not, uh, but, uh, but not the, the real picture of who and what God will have us in the, to be in the future and what he's planned for us and what he has intended for us. When God created us, he intended us to be like Adam and Eve were before the fall. That's why he's redeemed us. That's why he brought us to where we are today in Christ, that someday we will be like that. I mean, the suffering that we go through is not the end of it, folks. It's not the end of it. There's more to come. The best is yet to come. When this veil of tears is lifted, we'll see more clearly that this necessary process of aging will be worth more than anything we're going through just to be in the presence of the very one who has planned this all out for our good and for God's glory. Now, <clears throat> I don't have time to read, this, uh, to read this last part here that I have taken from um, Alcorn's book on heaven, but you've got it in your hands. And I hope you'll take the time to read it. It's enlightening. Um, it's entitled, Will We All Appear the Same Age in Heaven? 
read it. If you haven't already, I trust you, you will take the time to read it. It'll be encouraging to you. You know, one thing he says in here, and this is what I was alluding to a little while ago, that uh, he, he uh, let me ask you this. How many of you here in this class have little children in heaven? Let me see a show of hands. Several of you do, yeah. You know, during the course of my ministry, 50 plus years in pastoring, I've had the, the sad occasion to bury some of those little kids. There's a family in our church, I buried two of their little babies. And, uh, and I want you to know that I've wept with every one of those parents, maybe not in their presence, but in my study as I was preparing to help the family uh, bury them. And uh, <clears throat> we just, uh, just a little over a year ago, we had that happen in our family. One of Jan's um, nephews, um, they had a little baby that was stillborn. And uh, I had a part in that funeral. Very sad time. But you know what, <clears throat> and Alcorn covers this in his, in his book, and it's in this last section here, I hope you read it, um, that that little baby will grow up in heaven. I believe, he'll, I believe he'll go into heaven as a little baby, and when that resurrected body appears on the new earth, that those parents will have the joy of seeing that little baby grow up on the new earth in a perfect place more perfect than what it would have when it passed away. And that same thing is true with you who have lost little babies. Maybe, maybe a miscarriage or stillbirth or whatever it is. You know, a miscarriage is a person. I believe, I believe a person is a person at conception. Uh, not just uh, when they're born alive, but when, at conception. And... Uh, I believe you'll be able to see your little boy, your little girl, grow up in heaven on the new earth. Father God, help us to age well. Help us, God, to be encouraged by what we've learned and heard today, not discouraged by it. I pray, Father, that as we grow older, and as we come to the point of life, Lord, will life for us here on earth, on this earth, will be no more, that God will look forward to that time when you have a better plan for us. And I pray, God, that you will help us to understand that as we go through this process of losses, that it's all for the gain that lays ahead of us. And someday, Father, these bodies will be new bodies. All these aches and pains will be gone. There'll be no more, no more crying, no weeping, no pain. And so, God, I pray that you will help us to look forward to that. And, Lord, I pray that the subsequent lessons that come on this very matter uh, will be an encouragement to our hearts and will be a challenge to us to, to, to use the time that we still have here to use it for your glory. I pray this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.